Or if you have your Bibles, turn to Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21. Last week, I preached on a greater vision of hell. This week, I have the privilege of preaching on a greater vision of heaven. Amen. You know, God knows what we need, amen? amen? But I tell you what, I've had more opposition preaching this message on heaven than I did on hell. And usually it's the opposite, amen? Revelation chapter 21. I guess because the world's full of heartaches and pains and agonies and disappointments and uncertainties and the devil really wants to interrupt this message. You pray for me as I preach it. How many vote that we continue to uh, support the gates? Amen. amen. Oppose? You've got to say it to his face. Okay, no, amen. <laughs> Praise God. In fact, I think we're going to get him another church. I'm going to get Brother Nathan Gregor, if he hadn't, he's not already supporting you, up in Michigan to uh, take you on. That'd be a blessing. Amen. So we'll get another extra church out of this. Amen. And I'm not saying I'll get him to do that, but uh, if he does, then I'll disown him. But anyway, uh, Revelation chapter 21. And, uh, you know, I really believe heaven's a real place. Amen. If I didn't believe heaven was a real place, I'd be very depressed this morning. That's right. And I'd have little hope. And I sure wouldn't be in church, I guarantee you. And, but we are believers, and we believe in this book. And folks, I want you to know that heaven's mentioned many times in the Word of God. We said it was mentioned 83 times hell was in the Word of God, and Jesus preached on hell 13 times. So the greatest preacher that ever preached and the greatest book that's ever been read uh, says there's a hell, but I want to tell you something. The Bible also says there's a heaven, and I'm looking forward to it. I have a lot of friends. As a matter of fact, I've been here 42 years this February, and uh we have a lot of members that's transferred to heaven. Amen. I kid the uh, glory class, which I'm a member of. The only class above us is glory. Amen. And so that's why a lot of people don't want to go in that class. And you older people are in these little young classes hiding. Because you don't want to admit that you're old and over the hill like your pastor. But anyway, uh, glory class, the next step is real glory. So amen. I mean real glory. And I'm looking forward to it. My mother was so funny. She would never, she said, I didn't want to go in that old lady's class. I said, why, Mom? She said, because the next stop's out of this world. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but she, uh, she, she went very faithfully, and I thank God for her. You know, Lafayette, not Lafayette, I don't know if he was, I, I'll, you talk to Brother Jeremy, he is the mayor of Lafayette. Uh, Lafayette, uh, he'll tell you the background of where they got the name, but Lafayette, uh, last visited this country, the people gave him a royal reception. A uh, fleet of vessels went out to meet him, and the band played Hell the Chief and National Music of France, and it was told that uh, he was, uh, all this was unmoved. He just didn't even show any emotion. And as he came to the shore land, the waters trembled with power of artillery. Home, uh, old soldiers saluted him as they uh, shouted his welcome, and he was still unmoved with the waving banners under Trump arches as he's taken to the, to the castle garden where most of the great men of the nation were gathered together to greet him uh, and give him this great reception, but he was unmoved. And, but when he, had, he was taking his seat in the great amphitheater, and when the curtains were lifted, he saw before him a perfect representation of the place in France where he was born and brought up. When he saw the old home so filled with tender memories, the home where his father and mother had lived and died, 
It is said that the great man was touched and bowing his head in his hands, he wept like a child. I can only, uh, if I can only draw aside the veil this, of heaven, this message would not be necessary. And I really cannot describe in one service in 25, 30 minutes how wonderful heaven is going to be for all of us that are saved. How wonderful place it really is. Amen. You know, when you go on a tour, or excuse me, on a cruise, or when you go to a motel or hotel or some place of vacation, now they have these virtual tours. I mean, you can see everything. I mean, 360 degrees, you can just see it. Then when you get there, it's not the same thing. No, and you get there, and they just show you every, everything about it. You're, you're not surprised. Shows you the shower, shows you the bathroom. You know, it's just amazing what they can show you the hallway, the breakfast room, and you know exactly what you're going to take place when you go to that motel. Well, I want to tell you something, folks. There's one great virtual tour of heaven, and it's the Word of God. And this morning, I'm going to use an angel as our tour guide, and he's going to give us a tour of heaven out of Revelation chapter 21 and Revelation chapter 22. Would you stand in honor of the Word of God? I want to read just a few verses. It says in Revelation 21, uh, verse 4, it says, and I love this verse, and God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall be any more pain. Amen. For the former things are passed away. Now skip on down to verse 9 to save time. It says, and there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vows full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. Look at this. And he carried me away into the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. And having the glory of God, verse 11, and the, her, her light was like a, unto a stone most precious, even like jasper stone, clear as crystal. It had a wall great and high and the 12 gates and at the gates 12 angels and the names written thereon, which was names of the 12 angels on the children of Israel. And on the east, on the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations and in them names of the, uh, of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And he that... And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the walls thereof. You may be seated as I pray. I want to preach just a few minutes on a greater vision of heaven. A greater vision of heaven. Father, thank you for the place called heaven. And thank you, dear God, as the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 8, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. There is no soul sleep. There is no purgatory. Dear God, when we die, we'll either go to heaven or hell. Now, Lord, I pray that every person on the sound of my voice, even those that's listening by the way of internet, God will realize where they're going and make preparation. And we're going to praise you. We're going to thank you for saving souls through this message. But God, I just want to praise you that I'm saved and that one day I will be more alive than I've ever been before. Amen. I'll be at the crescendo of life, the climax of life, heaven. Lord, we thank you for that place, and we thank you for you.
who's the focus point, the center on the throne of God. We thank you, dear God, that you rule and reign in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Save the soul that's closest to miss in heaven. Amen. Amen. You know, when I think about this great leader who was stirred by his home place, often when I'm in Atlanta, I drive by my home place. And I look at the trees that I thought were so big, uh, so big, and, and I looked at the driveway that I thought was so long, and now it's no longer that long driveway. And uh, I miss home, and I think about great memories. Well, I want to tell you something. I have a home in heaven. And so do you. And folks, if you don't have the assurance that you have a home in heaven, you need to get saved. You get saved this morning before this message, even though you need to run down this aisle, you need to find somebody to show you in the Bible because I'm going to tell you something, folks, the trump of God could sound any second. Amen. All prophecies been fulfilled. And it won't be long that we're all together, Brother Allen. There's going to be a great reunion. Heaven's going to be a great reunion. I, mean, I, got, I got a daddy up there. I got a mom. I got a lot of loved ones that used to sit, and I can tell you exactly where they're sitting. Miss Susan, because you sit right there on that back row. And others, Brother Wallace, sit right there, right, Miss, Miss Opal. And I mean, they are, that's as real to me as uh, saying goodnight to someone because I know the sun's coming up in the morning. It's going to be a great reunion, amen, a great reunion. Uh, Revelation chapter 21, verse 9 through 10 says, the angel gave John on the Isle of Patmos a tour of heaven. And folks, we need to be heavenly minded. I'll preach on that this morning. You know, heaven should be a motivation, not just a destination. If you're going to heaven, it ought to change your it ought to change your mind about a few things. Amen. It ought to change your your priorities about a whole lot of things, and you ought to live with affection up above. You ought to have you ought to be a pilgrim passing through. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2 says, "If then you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above." When Christ, which Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, set your affections, listen to this now, on things above, not on things on the earth. I'm gonna tell you something. If you get so earthly minded, you're no heavenly good, you can get in trouble by the devil depressing you and doing things you should never do. I'm telling you, friend, you can, you can get sidetracked to the point that you're so depressed and so uh, out of it that you don't even know what you're doing. And folks, hold tight to the things of heaven, but hold light to the things of earth. You will enjoy heaven more if you have a bit of it in your heart right now on earth. We need to store up treasures in heaven. That's why we have missionaries. Folks, I want to tell you something. You're going to enjoy heaven a lot more if you put some interest in it. And interest is souls. That's, that's, that's uh, uh, sending ahead some investments, say Amen. It's, it's having a crown to throw at Jesus' feet. And folks, the Bible says in verse four that he wipes away the tears. Chronologically, that means for 1,007 years there's tears in heaven because of the judgment seat of Christ. A lot of us are gonna regret a lot of things. We're not just gonna get up there and start shouting. A lot of things are gonna happen and we're gonna, we're gonna weep because we miss opportunities yes. that we should have and we did things we shouldn't do on this earth. But thank God, Revelation 21, 7, 4 says he'll wipe away the tears. One person said, hey, there'll be no tears in heaven. Well, how in the world can he wipe away tears if there's no tears in heaven? There is tears in heaven. That's right. But thank God he's going to wipe them away one day because there's going to be a lot of people regretting that they didn't live for Christ and have heavenly mindedness. Yes. 
instead of earthly mind. Let me say, first of all, the geography of heaven. It's a real place. Heaven's a real place. The Bible says we're going to have a resurrected body, 1 Corinthians 15. And that body's going to be suited for heaven. But look at Revelation 21, verse 1 and 2. It says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the new heaven and the... Uh, See, and the first heaven and the first earth was passed away and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for a husband. Now, how many's ever seen an ugly bride? No, you haven't, amen? That's why they got the veil over their face. No, you've never seen an ugly bride. They're all beautiful, amen? Especially to the guy that's sitting there not bending his knees and not passing out as always give instruction. But I want to tell you something, friend. It's going to be beautiful one day to be in heaven. It's going to be the most beautiful, scintillating glory that we've ever thought about. But I want you to know the Bible says the reason it is it's coming down from God. And folks, the, the, the old heaven, the, new, uh, the, uh, the, the old earth is going to be uh, destroyed with fire. As the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3, I believe it is. And folks, the new heaven is going to be made perfect just for those that are prepared. Heaven's a prepared place for a prepared people. There's only one way to heaven, and there's no way out of hell. There's only one way to heaven, but there's no way out of hell. And folks, you need to make reservations today, amen? Our uh, couples retreat, to my amazement, it's already full. We got too many people signed up, really. I'm trying to make room for them because of the meeting room. And I'm thrilled that that many people want to go uh, to the couples retreat and get help for their marriage. And uh, we got a waiting list started now, so don't, don't give up. But I want to tell you something, folks. We need to have a reservation list for heaven. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 9 through 10, uh, Abraham said he looked for a city whose builder and maker is God. He was just a pilgrim passing through. Now, folks, if you forget where your home is, you're in trouble. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. I can endure a lot of things if I realize where home is. I've been stranded in traffic for hours going to 2172 Holly Hill Drive in Decatur, Georgia when my mother and daddy was alive. And I want to tell you something, I could tolerate that because I knew once I got there, mother had some fried chicken ready and mother had some homemade biscuits. I mean homemade, I mean the real, not that Bisquick junk and not that canned junk where you pop it and they flow out. I mean the real home and real gravy and, and you know, and, and real my favorite. And she always cooked my favorite stuff because, you know, I was her baby. And I mean, folks, it was worth the trip because I knew where I was going. I want to ask you a question. You know where you're going? That'll be a joy upon your heart. That'll be a solace in your soul even when the world's falling apart. But one day, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10 through 13, the earth is going to be destined for fire and it's going to be burned up, but God's going to bring heaven, a new heaven and a new earth. Folks, listen, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, old things pass away, but all things become new. That's the only way you can get fit for heaven. It's the only way you can fit in heaven. You can't join heaven. You can't join it like some moose club. You can't join heaven like joining a church. You must be born into his world as he was born into our world. Amen. You must be born from above. Now, second of all, not only do I see uh, uh, the geography, but I see the government of heaven. Look at Revelation 21, 3. The Bible says, And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them 
and be their God. Amen. Oh, folks, listen. Uh, God is in control. God is majestically ruling heaven. And the government's upon his shoulder. And folks, when God's in control, everything's all right. Amen. Folks, I want to tell you something. This world's out of control. Right. Next week, they're uh, voting or uh, trying our, our president to impeach him. Amen. Half those jaybirds need to be impeached up there. Amen. They ain't got a clue what they're doing. And I'll tell you this, friend. I'm not, I'm not basing uh, my future on the White House. I'm, ba I'm basing my future on I'm going to his house. And when I go to his house, he's ruling his house. He's ruling. Folks, listen. When you go to heaven, the government, the Lord is in tr charge. And because the Lord is in charge, one thing he's going to rule out, depression. One thing he's going to rule out, despair. One thing he's going to rule out is discouragement. There'll, no, there'll be no more woe there. There'll be no more disappointments there. Look at it. Verse 4 says, And God shall wipe away the tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death. Thank God for that. Whew, I'm telling you, friend, my heart aches. I lost it Wednesday while I was praying with Brother um, Gary because he's one of my dearest friends. And uh, uh, Stephen said, won't you come down here and, and pray with him? He said, I, I can't be his pastor. I'm not his pastor. I'm just the fill-in. I said, I'll be glad to. We took off, almost didn't make it back to church. But I want to tell you something, my heart broke because I want to see him up from that bed. I want to see him preaching again. I want to see him singing and playing that piano. And, 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 and folks, it's not my will, it's God's will that's important. Amen? But I want to tell you something. When he does go home, it'll be home and glory. And all the songs he sung about heaven will be fulfilled in a twinkling of an eye. <laughs> and he'll have a glorified voice. I wanted to play him singing the other day and and uh, they, they cut it out of the video because they didn't know I wanted that song. That's okay. I'll forgive you. And um, they cut it out. But he was singing the song, Peace, Peace, Wonderful Peace. And his voice was just cracking up. I mean, it was terrible. And he said, I, this was terrible. I am sorry I tried this. He said, but I'm going to croak until Jesus calls me home. But I'm going to tell you this, friend. When he gets home, he's going to have a glorified voice. He's going to have a glorified glimpse of what we've been singing about. Amen. It's just a song to us. It'll be reality one day. Faith will turn into reality. Amen. I like that song, Beulah Land. Amen. I mean, our faith will turn into reality. And then there's, there'll be no more sin. Look at verse 8. It says, but the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers, the sorcerers, the idolaters, all liars have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Folks, that means uh, there is going to be a death to those that are now in Hades or, or jail, and they're going to be resurrected the great white throne judgment described in Revelation 20, 10 through 15, and they're going to be cast back down into the bottom. So that's the second death. It's very clear. And folks, I want to tell you something. This is the neighborhood of hell, not heaven. Abominable, unbelieving, fearful, all the whoremongers, sorcerers, idolaters, liars have their part in the lake of fire. And all we in heaven's gonna see them cast in there. And folks, I wanna tell you something. You best believe that you're gonna see your neighbors that you didn't witness to. You're gonna see your workmates that you didn't witness to. You're gonna see those missionaries 
uh, those uh, missionary prospects that we didn't get the missionaries there uh, quick enough. And folks, I want to tell you something. There's going to be no more sin in heaven because it's perfect, majestic government. He's in charge. And when he's in charge, sin goes out the back door and so does the devil. By the way, one thing I really love about heaven, there ain't going to be no more devil. That means tired of him, say amen. Hey, there's going to be no more temptation. There's going to be no more imps of hell. There's not going to be no more demons. I believe demons are possessing people, suppressing people to do some terrible things like shooting up schools and all kinds of stuff. They're demon possessed. Demon possessed. Folks, there ain't going to be no more sin in heaven because he's in charge. Then third of all, I want you to see the glory of heaven. Look at verse 9. The Bible says, and there came into me one of the seven angels which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, talked with me and said, come up hither, come hither. I'll show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. <laughs> Woo, look at this now. If I was a shouting Baptist, that's right where I'd shout. I ought to put in my Bible in the margin, shout right there. But anyway, look at verse 10, <laughs> look at verse 10. It says, and he carried me away in the spirit into a great and high mountain, showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. I want you to see, first of all, the source of the city, God. Oh. Folks, I want to tell you something. God does not make any junk. And on this sanctity of life, may I just add this, God does not make protoplasm in your, in your womb to destroy because you want the God of convenience, ladies, That's right. or men. Abortion is murder. It's a sin. You don't like that? Find you a liberal church where they preach something else. Because I'm going to tell you something. It's sin. There is forgiveness for you ladies that went through that. Thank God for that. I once had a lady rebuke me because I put something in the paper, in the bulletin about abortion. I said, I'm going to tell you something. Don't tell me what to put or not put in the uh, bulletin. Just because you had abortion don't mean I can't warn the next generation. She says, how do you know I had one? I said, because you wouldn't be all so upset about it. And I'm just going to say this, friend. There ain't going to be no more sin in heaven. And there's going to be the source of heaven, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, because he makes everything good. In, in my house are many mansions. And I saw I told you, I go to prepare a place for you. God's prepared a place for you. Not the angels in, uh, in hell, not the demons in hell, and not the people that Christ reject her. He's prepared a place for you that's received the Lord. The builder and maker is God, 1 Corinthians 5.1. But I want you to see the sights of the city, not only the source of the city. God made it. God, God's going to make it. God's making it. But I want you to see the sights of the city. Look at verse 23. Don't you love to study the word of God? Amen. I love verse by verse too. Revelation 21, 23. And the city had no need of the sun. Did you hear me? Neither the moon. To shine in it for the glory of God did lighten it. And the lamb is the light thereof. Amen. Amen. No more electric bills from Northwest Georgia Membership Corporation. Amen. I can't stand that. Had a leak for five years and it's, it's astronomical water bill. And I've called them. They put in new meters and said, sir, it ain't your meter. It's your slab or something leaking. I said, okay. And I don't like to pay that bill, but I pay it because I sure love water and I sure love electricity. But I want to tell you this, friend. One day, we're not going to need no electricity. 
We're not going to need no water. We're going to just need the glory of God shining on us. Amen. You ever been in a service where you just felt the warmth of God? You said, no, I'm not that charismatic. I understand. But have you ever felt something in church at least? Amen. Praise God. So I don't look for feelings. I look for facts. Yeah, I know. And that's why you're so stoic. But I want to say this, friend. Folks, listen. The source of the city is heaven, but the sights of the city is the glory. And the glory of God is everything that pertains to the character of God. It's going to be wonderful. And that's not a good word because that's not enough of a word to describe what heaven's like. And then I see the sounds of the, of the, of the city. Revelation 5, it's going to be not some, some honky-tonk, country, yokel, vocal, uh, charismatic rock and roll song. It's going to be a praise song of God to God. And I don't mean to be ugly. I was born that way and I'm trying to get over it. But I want to tell you something, folks. The sounds of the city are going to be perfect harmony. Perfect medley. Folks, we'll be able to sing. Praise God. Amen. I mean, Brother John, they're going to call on you for a solo. First day. Amen. It's going to be wonderful. Some of you that hadn't sung, you don't even lead in silent prayer. You're so afraid somebody's going to hear your voice. You're going to sing a beautiful song. In heaven, amen. It's going to be the praise to God and the glory of God with a glorified tongue, a glorified mouth, and glorified lungs. Amen. And then it's going to be a song of redemption. Amen. It's going to be a song of redemption. Look at uh, Revelation 15.3. Revelation 15.3. And they sing, and they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are the ways, thy King of the saints. They're going to sing that. They're going to sing Revelation chapter 5. Worthy is the Lamb. They're going to sing about, we're going to sing about the blood of Jesus. Because the blood of Jesus is the only way to heaven. We're not going to sing how good we were, how long we held on, or how long we prayed through, or what a good Christian we were, and we're definitely not going to sing there's a little cabin on the side of glory. God, help us with that kind of singing. And I know I'm hitting some of you, you country people. You like that cabin on the side of glory, but it's more than a cabin. It's the glory of God. It's the throne of God. Whew, I'm getting excited. About going to heaven, aren't you? Reminds me of a fellow one time that said, how many of you want to go to heaven? A little boy didn't raise his hand and the, and the preacher run down there after thought he had a prospect and went to the Lord. He says, why didn't you raise your hand uh, that you wanted to go to heaven? He looked at the preacher and said, I thought you was getting a load up today. You know, but uh, listen, I want to tell you something. It might be a load today. God might call you home. You might breathe your last breath. You might breathe, you might, your heart might beat his last heartbeat. But I want to tell you something, it'll be, it'll be far better place. Amen. Philippians 1.23 says it's a far better place. Paul went there in the flesh or the body, he didn't know, but he says it's a far better place. And so we see the size of the city in Revelation 21, 15 through 16, it's big enough. And then we see the sanctuary of the city, look at verse 22 of Revelation 21. It says, and I saw no temple there for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither the moon to the shine for it. The glory of God did lighten it and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. 
and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it, and the gates of it shall no, uh, not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. No night there. Praise God, it's going to be a place of love. And I'm going to warp some of you here. It's going to be a place of laughter. Amen. It's not going to be my dumb jokes. It's going, you're going to try to get you laugh either. It's going to be the laughter of the joy of the presence of God. There's joy in the presence of one sinner that gets saved, the Bible says in Luke chapter 15. How about it? We're going to praise God. They're going to be a, it's going to be a realm of love and laughter and light. And there'll be no more sin, no more devil, no more sorrow, no more sickness. Thank God for that. I'm getting tired of this cancer, aren't y'all? I mean, everybody knows somebody with cancer in this room. There'll be no more cancer. No more cancer in heaven. No more heart attacks. No more tragedies. It's going to be wonderful. The sanctuary of heaven is summed up in verse 23 that God is the sanctuary. Jesus is enough. I like that song, Jesus will outshine them all. <laughs> Amen. I don't like the guy that wrote it, but I love the song. Amen. Number five, the godliness of heaven. I like godly places. Amen. I don't feel good in the bars anymore. I gave them up last week. No, I don't feel, I don't feel good going to a place that's cussing and swearing. I don't feel good about these swanky places, amen? Those places of darkness that you go into. I don't feel good about that, do you? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like that's my place, so I don't go in them. But I want to tell you something, I love places like this. Where there's light, we have a lot of light. Somebody told me you get a suntan by going in sun, at Whitfield Baptist Church, you can get a suntan. Well, praise God, it's going to be bright. I, mean, I think it's the greatest security we have, amen? We're going to see everything, amen? I don't like these dark auditoriums with the praise teams up on the platform and the smoke flying and all that stuff. I'd be scared to death to be in one of those services for more than one reason, physical and spiritual. Come on, say amen right there. Because, folks, I ain't here for a concert. I'm here to see the light of God, his word, his word. Because you shouldn't be so blunt. It's too late now. I've been preaching 46 years. It's too late for me not to be blunt. Amen. I ain't got time to fool around. Godliness of heaven. Look at verse 27. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth. <laughs> Amen. Neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie. But they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Folks, is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? You ought to know if it is. There ought to be a time in your life where you really trusted the Lord as your Savior and your life changed and by the fruit you know that there was a change. But I want to tell you something, the moment you prayed and the moment you meant business and the moment you repented and turned to Him, God wrote your name on the road book. I mean, He wrote it in His blood maybe, I don't know. I ain't gonna add to it, take away. But it's the Lamb's book of life. Folks, you must have reservations for heaven. Say amen. Right. I mean, around here, we try to have a sign-up list, and nobody signs it to the last second, so we don't know what to cook. And then you, some of you sign, don't even show up, and that really gets me in the flesh. But I want to tell you something. In heaven, in heaven, in heaven, you better be on the book. Yes. 
You be, is your name written in the book? Oh, Air, oh, oh uh, Arrington, what was his name? Eldine's husband. We, we, we went visiting all the time. Clifford, thank you. He sang that song, please search the book again in that play we had. You know, remember that play? We had 500 people in this auditorium. That broke every law in the book. Watch that play where everybody's going to hell or heaven, amen. And I like that, I liked it when he, pre, he sung that, please search the book again. And folks, I'm gonna tell you, there ain't gonna be no one searching the book again. It's either you're in or you're out. You're either a saint or you ain't. You're either saved or you're not. You need to have your name written in the Lamb's book of life. I'll never forget on my honeymoon, I won't tell you much about it, but I'll tell you this, a preacher, a preacher paid for my honeymoon to go to Disney World. I had a Mickey Mouse honeymoon. That's pathetic. <laughs> Don't tell nobody I went there on my honeymoon. And I'll tell you what, I didn't even make it there because we had an eight o'clock wedding. That's crazy to have late weddings. I'll just tell you that. You ought to have them early because you are dead tired after that thing's over. And we didn't even make it to Disney World. We made it to the Waffle House in Macon. Boy, was I romantic. Woohoo! Come on, honey. I'm hungry. We're going to stop at the best restaurant in Macon. We, did it. we had a nice motel, uh, hotel in Macon, so we didn't try to drive all night. But I remember when I got to Orlando, I was pretty confident that Dr. Ware had booked us in this nice place. And I remember I said, honey, it's right here. He's, he's made reservations. I shouldn't have told her I pay, uh, that he paid for it. That was dumb. She wasn't be impressed, but you know, after dating four years, she knew me, pretty cheap. Anyway, I went in that room, and I remember I went to the desk, I said, uh, my name is uh, Kenneth Wayne Cofield, and I have reservations by Dr. Ware. I think he's put us in the honeymoon suite, which was a king-size bed instead of a double. <laughs> it was a small hotel. And he looked, and he searched, and he searched, and he searched, and he searched. He says, your name's not here. I said, now wait a minute, he told me the quality in Colonial Drive, that would be it. And I was, you know, I was, all, I was bragging to my wife, I'd have all this set up, my new wife, Connie, the only wife I had, and uh, ever have. And I, and, and I was just strutting in there with my little pride, because I'd had this room. He says, you ain't in the book. And I said, why, how can that be? He said, because there's about four or five quality ends on on Colonial Drive, it's a long road. Let me call and find out where you're at. And he called and said, you're near the church, you're down about five miles. Man, I walked out, I was humble. I said, honey, you ain't gonna believe this, we don't have reservations. <laughs> she looked at me and she said, you mean anywhere? <laughs> I said, no, we got reservations, but it's five miles down the road. We got there. I didn't go strutting in there like Mr. Kenneth Wayne Cofield. I went in there and said, hey, sir, please search the book. I said, please look in that reservation book. My bride's out there. I'm trying to impress her. We've just been married 12 hours or so. and You've got to have my name. Please search that book. He looks, oh, yeah, right here. And he's got you a fruit basket, and here's two tickets to Disney World. I said, that's more like it. <laughs> Grabbed those tickets, went out to the car and said, honey, it's all arranged. Now, folks, I want to tell you something. Don't be caught dead without Christ. Amen. And don't live without Christ. And don't live without you knowing for sure that your name is in the Lamb's book of life because it's the only way to 
get to heaven. Let me just close and tell you in chapter 22, verse 1 through 5, the gladness of heaven. The gladness. Can I take about an extra 10 minutes? I don't know why any church would dismiss at 12 o'clock anyway. That's liberal, so I'm not going to do it. But look at this. Revelation 21 through 5, 1 through 5. 22, 1 through 5. Sometimes when I get excited, I mumble. But here it is, 22, 1 through 5. Amen? If you don't believe you mumble, talk to your phone sometime and see if you can get through. Amen? Okay. It says, and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the midst of the street of it, for on either side of the river was there a tree of life which bare, listen now, 12 manners of fruit, yielded her fruit every month, every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it. And his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their forehead. One more verse. There shall be no night there. There will be no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Amen. Folks, I want to just say this, and this will sum it up. Heaven is a place of satisfaction. It's a place of satisfaction. When Lou Rossi won that guy to the Lord on Sunday morning. He came back on Sunday night in a revival. They came around and started praying around the circle. He didn't know what to pray. And he said, Lord, I'm a satisfied customer. <laughs> he didn't know how to do the Rehoboam, Jeroboam's, all those born boys and impress people with your little biblical language. He just said, I'm a satisfied customer. Amen. And I want to tell you something, friend. You ought to be a satisfied customer. Because I'm going to tell you something. The gift of eternal life is not junk. It is a grace of God to you. And folks, there's satisfaction. Psalm 17, 11 says, when will I be satisfied? He says, when I wake in thy likeness. There's a holy dissatisfaction on this earth. But one day in heaven, perfect fulfillment. Heaven will be a place of sufficiency. Look at verse 2. It says in the midst of the street on either side of the river was a tree of life, 12 manner of fruit, and it yielded every month. It's going to be a place of service. Look at verse 3. There shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. Amen. Folks, you better get used to heaven by serving a little on this earth. Because in heaven, you're not only going to be satisfied and not only are you going to have sufficiency, but you're going to get the privilege of serving God in worship. Hallelujah. Serve him. Right. Serve him. Serve him with gladness. Enter into his presence with joy and his courts with praise. And then heaven's going to be a place of incredible sight. Verse 22, verse 4. I said incredible sight, singular. And they shall see his face. They shall see his face. And his name shall be in their forehead. Folks, I want to say this. In heaven, he'll be enough. He ought to be enough now. But in heaven one day, it's going to be enough. And you know, we all have a fear of death. We all have a fear of leaving our children and our grandchildren. We want to see them grow up. We want, we want, to, we want to live as long as we can. If you don't believe that, back me up in a corner and see how much I fight for my life. And you too. 
We all want to live. But folks, if we could get a glimpse of heaven, we might not want to live as long as we think we ought to live. The Bible says in John 17, verse 24, Father, I will that thou also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. We're going to behold his glory. Amen. And then we're going to have glorified eyes and ears and mind to conceive it. Jesus will outshine them all. Yes. The only thing in made by humans in heaven will be the nail prints in his hands and the riven side. That's the only thing in heaven that's going to be human made. The rest is going to be God and what he has. And folks, we need to realize that it's going to be incredible. The young people have a word for it. I penned it for awesome preaching. August. Awesome. It's going to be awesome. Some of y'all, what's y'all's greatest definition of something that's really great? You know what most young people are? Cool. Well, it's going to be better than cool. It's going to be cool compared to hell. But it's going to be really cool. <laughs> I'm going to be a contemporary. But give me a stool. I'm going to sit down here. No, it's going to be cool. It's going to be, it's going to be classy. It's going to be celestial. It's going to be, it's going to be so much fulfillment and so much sufficiency that we'll want to serve him with gladness because the incredible sight of heaven is him. Amen. It's him. Verse 17 of Revelation 22, my time's up. Boy, when I get to heaven, there ain't gonna be no time living on no preacher. Hallelujah. Some of y'all look at me right now, you just woke up. God bless you, welcome to the service. But look at verse 17. It says this, and the spirit and the bride say come. Let him that heareth say come. And let him that a thirst come. And whosoever will let him take the water of life freely. Folks, the last invitation of the Bible is come to heaven where you'll never thirst again. Come to heaven where you'll be perfectly satisfied. Come to heaven because there in heaven is the author and finisher of your faith the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, bless this message on heaven. I feel so insufficient. My feeble words and my mind cannot describe the majesty and glory and fulfillment. I said satisfaction of heaven. And Lord, when I hear all the news and I go into these hospital rooms, as I often do, as this week we'll be going to a lot of funeral homes, I got to keep my mind on heaven or I'm going to lose it. And so are the folks that's around the casket. Dear God, help us realize that death is not final, that this earth is not all that there is, that there is a glorious place called heaven Hallelujah. for those who have made reservations for those who have trusted in the Redeemer, the blood, the finished work of the cross of Calvary, the death, burial, and resurrection, which you described to Paul, or Paul described it as he was led by the Holy Spirit, the glorious light of the gospel. God help us to realize if we're ever gonna be in the glorious light of your presence, 
We need to receive the glorious light of your gospel and believe in the death, burial, and resurrection was enough. That you paid the debt, and therefore we can go to heaven and enjoy the blessings of eternal life with you forever. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I really, really tried this morning, Brother Randy, to preach on heaven. But I feel like I've failed. Because heaven is so glorious. It's so wonderful. It's so peaceful. It's so fulfilling. It's so satisfying. But how many of you say, preacher, I'm glad I'm going there. I can't describe it and I can't even, I can't even fathom it, but I know I'm going there because Jesus took my hell at Calvary's cross. He took my place. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Would you slip your hand up real high that you have a testimony that you've trusted the Lord as your personal Savior and you know for sure that you're going to heaven. How many glad you're saved? Say amen. Oh, we ought to rejoice forever. And when we get depressed or we get down or we get sad, we'll just transfer our account to heaven and say, dear God, I'm going there. Help me act like it. And it's all right to cry and it's all right to be brokenhearted because it's our loss on staying on this earth. But don't grieve for those that have gone on too long because they're in a far, far better place. Amen. Oh, they wouldn't come back if you begged them or bribed them because heaven's so much better than this place. Have me say, preacher, I'm not saved, but I'd like to be. And I want you to pray for me because I certainly don't want to go to hell and I'm fed up with this world and sin and selfishness and vainglory and I just need to get saved. And that's your prayer this morning. You say, preacher, please pray for me. Would you slip your hand up high and then back down? I won't come to you. I won't embarrass you. I'm going to do the most I can do for you. I'm going to pray for you. You might not have confidence in your own prayer life, but I wish you'd trust me to pray for you. Anyone? Just slip it up and then back down. So I'm not sure I'm saved, but I'd like to know for sure. Slip it up and then back down. I want to pray for you. God bless you. Appreciate the way you listen. Anybody else? Anybody else? Just slip your hand up and then back down. Say, preacher, I don't want to go to hell for no pride. I don't want to go to hell for nobody. I want to go to heaven, that place you described. And folks, it's hard to get saved to go to heaven. Say amen. You'll find out if there's no heaven and no hell, it, this, this life on this earth is worth it. Peace, joy, love, purpose. I'm witnessing now. Can y'all be patient with me? Anyone else? Anyone else? Say, preacher, I'm not absolutely 100% sure. Okay, here's, 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 the, here's, the, here's the last part of the invitation, and we're going to give it. Let me say, preacher, I know somebody that's not going to heaven, and I'm burdened for their soul. And I want you to pray with me for them. Would you slip your hand up on their behalf? I mean, you see no fruit. They're living in sin every day. All over this place, all over this place. Maybe they're moral, maybe they're good religion, but I'll tell you something, there's not a religious ladder to heaven, there's only a cross. Anybody else? So I got somebody on my heart. I got somebody on my heart. Father, in Jesus' name and for your glory, we pray that you'd save this person and raise their hand. They'd come and let us show them the Bible. If they're a lady, we'll have a lady Take the Bible on this front row and show them how to be saved. How they make reservations for heaven. 
And Lord, it's not just getting a ticket to heaven, but it's giving their life to Christ. Because Lord, you deserve it. Because you created them. You sustained them. And now you want to save them on this Sanctity of Life Sunday. Lord, I pray for every uplifted hand for a loved one, a workmate, a neighbor. God, help us to be the witness, the pilgrim, the ambassador to represent heaven. Lord, we give people an appetite for heaven with our peace, joy, love, and purpose. We're going to praise you for using us to reach people so they too can go to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.